listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Morning Quarterbacks, an NFL podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I am your solo host for the day, Taylor Jackson. You can find me on all the socials at Lil Bro Taylor. And guess what, y'all? It's trade deadline week. That's right. A uh, a term that is typically dominated by MLB and NBA the NFL had itself a little bit of drama this week. First and foremost, here in Houston, the biggest news, Deshaun Watson will be remaining a Houston Texan, at least for the rest of the year. Now, me and Bruce were going back and forth on this on this last episode, uh, talking about whether, whether he would or not be traded. I said he wouldn't. I thought there was too many uh, determining factors laying in the way of him being traded. Why he didn't get traded was actually the complete opposite. So there was a supposedly an agreed upon trade between the Dolphins and the Texans that involved Deshaun Watson headed to Miami. Uh, there was possible that there was a third team in there. It could have been the football team. I don't know. Then news broke that Deshaun Watson may be settling all 22 of his cases, which I and I don't think anybody else saw happening. And as soon as that happened, the price skyrocketed for Deshaun Watson. And I think it should have. I mean, I'm, I am I think the Texans were right to not trade him, to not panic trade him at this deadline. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about the cases themselves, just the NFL implications that uh, arrive from them. This is an NFL podcast. But as soon as that news broke, uh, the, pri- the price went up. The Texans have been dead set throughout the past seven months that they want six valuable assets in return for Deshaun Watson. Now, like we've said, that that, that can be uh, first-day draft picks, that can be, you know, young talent that's already on a roster. But the Texans are set on getting a King's ransom for Deshaun Watson, and they should. When Deshaun Watson is eligible and healthy, this man is a top-five quarterback in the league. They have a very valuable asset and that's that's their whole mo right now stacking assets on top of that they traded charles manu to uh san francisco for a six round draft pick i don't even think they keep that six round draft pick i think they trade that in a combination of other things they eventually acquire to get a an additional first or second day draft pick i don't know about y'all because I I personally love shitting on the Texans and their dog shit way of operating things. But they've looked pretty competent over the past two weeks. I think cutting Whitney Merciless was a good move. I think restraining from panic 
selling on Deshaun Watson at the trade deadline was a good move. Maybe Jack and company is taking a step back, letting Nick Casario go to work. Hopefully, hopefully for Texans fans, that's what's happening. In other news, Melvin Ingram was sent from Pittsburgh to Kansas City for a six-round draft pick. Um, Good pickup for Kansas City. Don't really understand it from Pittsburgh's point of view because they are still very much in the running for the AFC North. We'll dive into the AFC here a little bit later. But good good pickup for KC. I mean, this 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 defense has to get better. It absolutely has to get better. Went out, got another piece. Maybe it can help with uh with some depth there in the front seven, hopefully. For the Chiefs, I mean, hopefully for me, I fucking put a future on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl back in March. Not looking too bright for me. Fletcher Cox will be staying in Philadelphia, even though there was rumblings about him moving elsewhere. And Deshaun Jackson is out on the Rams. Can you believe it? The deep threat, the grandpa himself, out on the streets, will not be that all fours go deep threat for the Rams anymore this season. The Titans go out and sign Adrian Peterson in light of the devastating Derrick Henry news. The Titans were actually starting to convince me of some things, but when the focal point of your offense, I mean, just take a look at the Panthers. We we know how that works out. But AP is a very similar style runner i would say i mean hard nose runs downhill like gonna hit you in the mouth even at his 67 age i think it's a good signing i think it's a good signing for the titans and i think ap is actually going to perform better than most people think he will here i mean he's still ap he is an old old ap but he is still ap however the biggest news the Biggest news of the trade deadline. The Denver Broncos sent Vaughn Miller over to the Los Angeles Rams for both a second and a third round pick. Now, you don't see this much in sports. I think this was an excellent trade for both sides. Number one, Vaughn Miller is a free agent after this year. The Broncos took a good, long, hard look at themselves and said, are we winning the Super Bowl this year? They came to the conclusion of no. Uh, The Rams did the same thing and came to the conclusion of yes. And they did not mind giving up a second and a third rounder. That is is a pretty damn good haul for an aging half-year rental. With that being said, this Rams defense already looks immaculate. You add Vaughn Miller to the pass rush. This is going to be scary. This The Rams are my new favorite to win the, win the Super Bowl this year. They are very good. Matthew Stafford is having an MVP type season. Defense looks immaculate. I already told y'all Jalen Ramsey was going to go off this year. I mean, good on them, good on them. And then there was there was there was a flurry of moves that happened just uh, within like twenty days before the deadline. I mean, Stephon Gilmore went over to the Panthers for a sixth rounder. Zach Ertz uh, to the Cardinals for a cornerback in a fifth round. 
Raiders signed Desmond Trafont. Patriots signed Jamie Collins. And the Saints traded for Mark Ingram. I'm not going to talk too much in this episode about the Saints absolutely shitting on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. But Jameis Winston did tear his ACL and is out for the season. How he was still dancing in the locker room afterwards, I don't know. That's a special Jameis power that no other athlete in the world has. He wouldn't be good to go for Sunday, but if you signed him up for like a Dance Dance Revolution competition, he he could probably put up a fighting effort there. Trevor Simeon is the new guy in New Orleans. Uh, the Saints already publicly said they have no interest in signing Cam Newton. Ah, poor Cam Newton, man. Poor Cam Newton. I mean, he, he said he didn't want to get the vaccination. Patriots cut him because of it. They didn't want the distraction or the possibility of him not being able to play and all this, all, all this stuff. And <laughs> now the Packers may be dealing with sort of the same thing. And a bizarre situation with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pac McAfee show uh, earlier today. Uh, could be yesterday by now. But he said that he is being, quote-unquote, targeted by the woke mob and that he took his advice from his newly founded good friend, Joe Rogan. Now, listen, guys, uh, I'm in no situation. I'm no doctor. I, I can't tell you whether to take the vaccine or not. I, ju- I just urge you not to take your medical advice uh, from a dude that used to put cockroaches in somebody's mouth on a game show. Now, he has COVID and will not be starting this next game against the Chiefs. That will be Jordan Love's. NFL debut, uh, kind of coming in in a similar fashion that Rodgers did against Favre. Not too far over, there was also some drama in Cleveland. That is right, OBJ is out. He's out. He's completely out. I don't understand how the Browns allowed this to happen. They had trade offers. I know the Saints sent them one. So they could have they could have gotten something. Now they're pretty much getting nothing. Uh, What they did do is restructure his deal to where he's damn near playing the league minimum right now. That that $7 million thing, I'm pretty sure just went away because of the restructure. So now it's just who's who's got the best waiver right now. This is this is like your fantasy league right now. Like, who's going to get Odell? It's whoever sucks the most. And you know who really needs wide receivers is the Detroit Lions. I would not be surprised if Detroit went out and got them. There's there's several teams on this waiver that kind of just spoil Odell. I mean, Odell, as athletes do nowadays, he forced himself out of the situation. And he could have his fun kind of spoiled here if a team like the Lions or, you know, maybe even like the the Vikings or something uh, went out and just claimed him off waivers. He's able to do that on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, I think that's Eastern. So 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. OBJ can be claimed 
buy anybody off waivers. I'm pretty sure that's a seven-day waiting period. And then afterwards, he is able to sign where he pleases. Look, the Saints the Saints need a wide receiver. I mean, I like Marquise Callaway. I like Tyron Smith. I like the young guys we got out there. OBJ would be a difference maker, especially with the Michael Thomas news coming out. But OBJ joining a team, I think, could actually really impact the the playoff run here because the NFL is wide, wide open right now, like on both sides of it, really on both sides. It's open on the bottom where you have the Lions at 0-8 right now. You have the Texans and the Dolphins at 1-7 who play each other this week, by the way. Houston fans, you should be rooting for the Dolphins. And then on the other side, I mean, the NFC is a little bit more set. The AFC is, it's a clusterfuck. And there's a lot of games upcoming this week that could really sway the momentum of the way things are going here in the AFC this year. I mean, first off, you have the Patriots versus the Panthers. Now, I know the Bills are playing the Jags and they're going to win that game. But let's say they lost. Patriots beat the Panthers. They're a half game out of first in the East. You have the Ravens and the Chargers both playing what I assume are trap games here. The Ravens against the Vikings and the Chargers against the Eagles. Now, we'll do we'll do NFC later. But the Eagles, if they beat this Chargers team, we're going to have to start asking ourselves some questions. The Ravens, we all know what they are. We also all know on the right night the Vikings can absolutely beat them. And then and then and then there's the problem of the division I have been highlighting this entire year, the AFC West. I said there'd be three teams from the AFC West to make the playoffs this year. And I don't know if that's true anymore, but I still to this day have zero clue who the fuck's winning this division. Uh, The Chiefs are playing the Packers, a Jordan Love-led Packers this week. This is going to be an absolutely pivotal game for them because I think if they can, I think if they can stomp this Packers team, even without Aaron Rodgers in, I think that's going to change the momentum of their season quite a bit. I mean, just just listen to the rest of this division. Uh, at the bottom is the Broncos at four and four. Then you have the Chiefs at four and four. Chargers four and three, and then the Raiders at five and two. And especially with the Henry Ruggs news, don't drive drunk, please. We have no and uh, I don't know how the fuck the Raiders are still ahead of this division. I. I I assume they're going to crumble. I assume they're going to crumble. If they don't, whoever the hell is in that organization keeping things together needs the head coach job next year. And then the AFC North. The AFC North. The Ravens with the trap game. Bengals are sitting there at 5-3. and three. They're facing against the Browns, who are 4-4. Four and four. Pivotal games for both those franchises. The Steelers are 4-3. and three. Somehow, somehow the Steelers are four and three. I mean, it's it, it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. Who do you pick? Like, gun to your head right now. Who wins the AFC North? You probably say the Ravens, but it's a good fucking chance you're wrong. Titans, Titans. I mean, even with the impressive Thursday night 
game from the Colts, which that was, I mean, for a game that involved the the Colts and the Jets, that was a pretty fun game. 45-30, over 1,000 yards in the game. That That's a that's a fun Thursday nighter. That's a fun Thursday nighter. Uh, Titans are winning this division uh, with or without Derrick Henry, and they're they're probably just going to be a first round exit. So the AFC South is what we've said it would be from the get go. The AFC as a whole is a toss up. I mean, AFC West toss up, AFC North toss up. Uh, I would not sit here and count the Patriots out of the divisional title. Because the Bills have not really done a ton to super impress me. They've they've showed that they are a good quality team and they, they win the games that they're supposed to win. But put them up against some real competition and let's kind of see. The Saints play them in a few weeks. I, I would not be surprised if Saints take that, take that W in there. And as for the NFC, we're going to save it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this thing's posting on Saturday. We're going to be watching our football on Sunday. We'll be recording on Monday with a, another prominent Apollo figure where we're going to tackle the entirety of the NFC. Hint, hint, he's a Cowboys fan. But as for this episode, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for tuning in. We have a lot of exciting stuff planned for the next few weeks. It's just going to get better and better from here. Thank y'all once again for listening. As always, uh, if you haven't already done so, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the hell you listen to your podcast. And make sure to follow at Apollo HLU on all the socials for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content you can't find anywhere else. And I'll see y'all cats in a couple days. Go watch yourselves football for me. Peace.